With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. And you know how I hate to brag or draw attention to myself. I'm not the kind of guy to say, hey, everybody, look at me. Look at what I did. My hair is awesome. Outkick is amazing. Look at all the great things I'm doing. It's not me. Not me. More of the kind of guy to quietly just plod along, let the work speak for itself. But, notwithstanding the fact that I'm the most humble man that I know, I have to point out, last week, what did your boy say on January 1st? Derrick Henry was working out, and he was going to be back for the playoffs, potentially for this week. What did immediately all the blue checks end up reporting today? Derrick Henry's back. Baby, big time win for my Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry, after being out with an injury in week eight against the Indianapolis Colts, has been rehabbing. I said that he was working out full speed and without a limp privately at the Titans facility last week. Today, he is reportedly going to be on the practice field beginning the process of preparing for the postseason. Possible that the Titans could put him in the game against the Texans. I think they would like to hold him out. They would like to go ahead and win that game against the Texans, be the overall number one seed, and have another couple of weeks of Derrick Henry to rehab and be 100% a go for the divisional round of the playoffs. Now, they've done a decent job running the ball with Deontay Foreman primarily anyway, but this is a massive asset and attribute to the Tennessee Titans going forward as it pertains to their pursuit of the Super Bowl. Speaking of the Super Bowl, so that's news uh, about Derrick Henry being back. By the way, Adam Schefter at ESPN reported that Derrick Henry was out for the season. As a result, Titans fans are absolutely lighting up Adam Schefter's uh, Twitter feed uh, since he reported that Derrick Henry was going to be back at practice. That in and of itself can be pretty entertaining if you like to go in and sometimes read uh, funny mentions. There are a lot of fabulous ones in uh, Adam Schefter's Twitter feed. Encourage you uh, to go check that out. By the way, speaking of funny... I appreciate all of you in the YouTube comments. We got around, I don't know, 200,000 people subscribed to the YouTube channel now. And a lot of your comments are absolutely fantastic. My kids say that I need to say thank you. Click the link, subscribe on YouTube. I appreciate all of you. Uh, The amount of people watching many of these YouTube clips and Twitter clips and Facebook clips and everything else, it's through the roof. Uh, I appreciate all that you guys are doing to help spread the news as it pertains to me, OutKick, and other of our media properties. But tying in with the Super Bowl discussion, I've been talking about this for a while. I've been saying that the NFL needs to aggressively prepare to host the Super Bowl somewhere other 
than in Los Angeles. Why have I been saying that? Because if you look at the data, California is going to be one of the first states to shut down, to restrict crowds, to disallow normalcy to exist. In the next few days or weeks, California is going to set an all-time high for COVID cases. Los Angeles has already done so. San Francisco area will do so soon. It's going to spread throughout the entire city and state and region of Los Angeles, which is where the Super Bowl is taking place this year. And so I said there's going to be a very strong likelihood, I believe, of restrictions in February for the Super Bowl. Already we're seeing at Stanford, they have changed the rules so that only family members are allowed to attend uh, indoor sporting events at Stanford. You've got Princeton, which is not allowing its students to leave the campus, uh, sorry, this county that the campus is in. You've got Yale, which is not even allowing its kids to go to restaurants off campus. They can't even sit outside. They have to quarantine when they arrive. This despite the fact that the campuses have 100% COVID vaccination rate. It's despite the fact these campuses are mostly also requiring boosters. I don't know if you need any further sign of how poorly this COVID vaccine is working that even on college campuses with a 100% vaccination rate, they are not confident that they're going to be able to avoid Omicron, uh, which is spreading still like wildfire. We're setting new records every single day. So the NFL is reportedly considering moving the Super Bowl to Dallas, Texas, to the Cowboys Stadium, to Jerry Jones's world, because they are not confident that they are going to be able to play the Super Bowl in Los Angeles as it is presently planned uh, to be played. And look, I think this is smart. I think if the NFL were smart, they would go ahead and stop with the tiddlywinks and move it. Because I just, based on the data, I just don't believe that Los Angeles and the state of California, based on their COVID insanity so far, is going to allow there to be a full football stadium in the middle of February in Los Angeles if you look at the trajectory of where exactly we are headed between now and early in February. Maybe the cases are going to start to have declined by February. I think that's the best case scenario uh, for the NFL. But I just haven't seen anything that suggests to me that LA or California are going to be logical that they're going to be reasonable, that they're going to look at the data, and that they are going to allow uh, this game to take place as it is presently constituted. So I'm not confident. I would go ahead and move it to Texas where you know Governor Greg Abbott is going to allow a full stadium. I would go ahead and move it to Florida where you know Governor Ron DeSantis is going to allow a full stadium. And by the way, all the festivities, all the parties, everything else that would be going on, not confident that LA is going to allow that at all. That is the latest. Props, by the way. Aaron Rodgers. Let me fill you in on this story in the event that you don't know it. Uh, there is a NFL MVP voter that went on a Chicago area radio station. Uh, that NFL MVP voter, I'm not even sure exactly what his name is, but it's important because there's only 50 of them. And he said he would not be voting for Aaron Rodgers because of off-the-field related issues. Let me read you a couple of the quotes from this idiot NFL MVP voter 
to give you a sense for what he said about this choice. I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the MVP. By the way, this guy's name is Hub Arkush. I'd never heard of Hub Arkush before, but just FYI, that's who said this uh, on 670 AM, I believe, uh, in Chicago, uh, the SCORE radio station. He continued, There are no guidelines, he was talking about for his MVP vote. We're told to pick the guy who we think is most valuable to his team. I don't think it says anywhere strictly on the field, although I do think he hurt his team on the field by the way he acted off the field. They're going to get the number one seed anyway, but what if the difference had come down to the Chiefs game where he lied about being vaccinated and they ended up getting beat? I can guarantee you I will not be the only one not voting for him. I just think the way he's carried himself is inappropriate. I think he's a bad guy and I don't think a bad guy can be the most valuable player. All right, that's the argument. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, has fired back. Let me point out that Aaron Rodgers right now has guaranteed the Green Bay Packers the number one overall seed in the playoffs. He has guaranteed that the NFC playoff picture runs through Lambeau Field as long as the Green Bay Packers continue to win. If they win two games in Green Bay, they will be in the Super Bowl wherever the Super Bowl might end up taking place. Uh, But Aaron Rodgers, just about 20 minutes ago, fired back at his public press conference. He said uh, he's a bum, referring to that voter, said he's a bum, and said straight up, his problem is I'm not vaccinated. I agree. I think Aaron Rodgers completely nailed this. The problem is with this voter, ultimately, that Aaron Rodgers is not vaccinated. If Aaron Rodgers had had uh, his vaccine and if he'd been out there saying, hey, everybody's got to get the COVID vaccine, make sure you do it, this guy would be leading the Corona Bros all in a line to go vote for Aaron Rodgers. And look, I think this is important, all right? If you want to get the COVID vaccine, go get it, right? You're probably going to be getting shots for COVID for the rest of your life. I've already had COVID. I did not go get the COVID vaccine. I'm being 100% honest and transparent with you. I have zero fear of COVID in my life. Zero. Not one element of me is remotely concerned about COVID. The odds of it killing me are virtually zero given that I've already had COVID and recovered from it and had virtually no issues with it at all. Okay, But if you want to go get the COVID vaccine, that's your right. What I am opposed to is the idea of COVID vaccine mandates and of the continued lie that Joe Biden spreads, which is that we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's not true. The vast majority of people now who are testing positive for COVID are vaccinated. Many of them are also boosted. All right. So the idea that the COVID vaccine was going to eliminate your ability to get COVID or was going to eliminate your ability to spread COVID is a 100% lie. That's what they initially told all of us, by the way. Back in February and March, even as late as July, Joe Biden was out there saying, if you get the COVID vaccine, you're not going to get or spread COVID. That's a lie. It's untrue, not supported by the actual facts, okay? But this is emblematic of what the sports media is. The sports media is far more left-wing than the average political media out there. I am the only, I want you to think about this for a minute. 
I am the only prominent person in all of sports media to announce that he voted for Donald Trump in 2020. I'm not the only person who voted for Donald Trump, but I am the only person in sports media with a public-facing job that was willing to announce in 2020 that he was voting for Donald Trump. You can go read my logic. I laid it out for you on OutKick, okay? Exactly why I was making the choice that I was. uh, Aaron Rodgers is right. Because he didn't get vaccinated, some of those 50 sports writers, including this guy who went public and specifically said that he was not voting for Aaron Rodgers because of the COVID situation, many of those other sports writers agree. Now, now that it's blown up into a big story, I'm not sure how many of those people are actually going to vote against Aaron Rodgers because they may be afraid of people coming after them for making that choice. But really, there's only two options. Aaron Rodgers around a minus 400 or minus 500 favorite right now at FanDuel to win uh, the MVP. But you can get Brady for five or six to one, which is why I've been saying if you were going to bet right now, it's either Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. And if you believe that some people are not going to vote for Aaron Rodgers because of COVID, the value here is now all on Tom Brady because it's got to be one of those two guys, right? I don't buy into Jonathan Taylor. Uh, We know Joe Burrow's sitting out the final game of the season. He's been fantastic, but I don't think Joe Burrow's going to get the votes. It's either going to be Rodgers or Brady. I think it's probably going to be Rodgers, but the value here is all on uh, Tom Brady at 5 or 6-1. to But credit to Aaron Rodgers for firing back and letting this idiot uh, sports writer have it over his decision not to vote for Aaron Rodgers because of off-field and COVID-related concerns. Uh, Speaking of COVID-related concerns, Novak Djokovic is the best tennis player in the world. He won three of the four Grand Slams last year, including the Australian Open. He now has refused to get vaccinated as well. Novak Djokovic, best tennis player. Aaron Rodgers, best football player. One of the best basketball players, Kyrie Irving. There are a lot of athletes out there that have looked at all the data and said, you know what, I'm choosing not to get vaccinated. Just like one of the best radio guys out there, Clay Travis, we all made the same choice, all right? Uh, And so Novak Djokovic is not allowed technically into Australia. And let me just say this, by the way. There are a bunch of places in the world and also the United States that are just crossed off my list of places that I can go right now. Like, I don't want to go to New York City. I can't go to any restaurants. I can't go to any bars. I don't have a vaccine card. Why would I want to go there, right? Um, And so I'd like to go to Australia. I've wanted to take my family to go visit Australia for a long time. But I look at the map now, and in addition to my standard being I'll only go places inside the United States where I can fly without having to get a connecting flight, nobody hates connecting flights more than me. And that's particularly the case right now where they're canceling flights left and right. My wife and our two youngest kids are out in Salt Lake City uh, at Park City skiing. They can't get back. All of the flights were canceled from Salt Lake City headed towards Nashville to come back. They had to do a connecting flight in, uh, in Phoenix. It's canceled. They can't get back. I don't ever go somewhere if I can't fly direct. I hate it. Drives my wife crazy. So you want to go on vacation somewhere? Where can we go direct? B 
because every time it feels like you have to go through some random city that you don't want to go to, you get stuck there. And I'll give you an example. One of my good buddies was getting uh, married a couple of years ago. He's from Connecticut. He was getting married in Hartford. I was all set to travel to Hartford. There's no direct flights to Connecticut from Nashville. All right? It's a few years ago. So I go to uh, the, the airport. I have to stop in Baltimore, BWI. Been to that airport a ton because I went to college in Washington, D.C. Used to fly into BWI on Southwest, take the MARTA uh, down to uh, Metro, uh, the Maryland uh, Rapid Transit, whatever it's called. I think it's a MARTA. Take the Maryland Rapid Transit back down to D.C. Boom, uh, I was good to go. All right, it's a lot cheaper than flying into, in the, back in the day, national, a lot more convenient, potentially, than Dulles, right? So anyway, have to fly into BWI. Get to BWI, get boarded on my new plane to Hartford, and I'll be damned if the entire Washington, D.C. area didn't suddenly have an air traffic control outage. You couldn't fly out of the D.C. area because they had some sort of technological issue that shut down the entire airport. So I got there. It was early in the morning. I had a super early flight. I spent all day at BWI Airport. The entire day, BWI Airport. At 11 p.m., I got a late night flight and turned around and flew back to Nashville. Ever since then, I said I'm not doing connecting flights because inevitably when you do a connecting flight, what ends up happening is you get stuck in the airport that you have no interest in being in. Stuck in a city that you have no interest in being in. Stinks to have an issue with your flight. I flew back from Florida three-hour delay, but I've got a place in Florida, can hang out at home. I'm going to Nashville. doesn't really matter what time I get there. Whenever you have a connecting flight, you end up getting screwed in some way. All right, so sidebar there. Novak Djokovic, in order to go to Australia, by the way, send me your best red state vacation destinations. I think I'm going to go to Montana. Never been to Montana. Love Yellowstone, the television show, which by the way, highest rated television show, scripted television show, not a sporting event. In four years, the season finale of Yellowstone, as a result, I want to go to Bozeman. I want to go all over Montana. I think I'm going to do it this summer. Send me your Montana suggestions if you're Montana experts. Never been. Uh, But to Red State, I feel like they'll let me in even though I'm not vaccinated. So, Novak Djokovic, like me, like Kyrie Irving, like Aaron Rodgers, not vaccinated. So, he has to get an exemption in order to play in the Australian Open. So, he flies all the way, I believe, from Europe. I think Novak Djokovic is Croatian, if I'm not mistaken. All the way from Europe to Australia, arrives in Australia... While he's in the process of traveling, news comes out that he has gotten an exemption. Everybody in Australia is mad. And so, they end, as unbelievable, they end up not allowing him to enter the country. And right now, he is at an airport hotel room with armed security standing guard outside of his hotel room. Now, that's the latest when I was actually here uh, getting everything set up. The absolute latest madness. Uh, I would be furious if I were Novak Djokovic. And I got an exemption, traveled halfway around the world to Australia, land on the ground, and they're not sure whether or not they're going to let him into the country. If they already had granted his exemption, to me, he's got a strong argument that he should be able to play in the Aussie Open. Who knows exactly how all of this is going to shake out. 
Speaking of insanity, I got some numbers here for you. Chicago public schools are shut down right now because school teachers voted 77% to 23% not to teach in person. Okay? This is pretty crazy. Um, And I got some data for you. There are 330,000 kids in Australia. I mean, in Chicago. More kids than that in Australia, I think. 330,000 kids in Chicago public schools. Let me give you some data on this. This is from Emma Woodhouse. 82% black or Hispanic. 70% on free or reduced lunch. 21% have limited English proficiency. 15% have special education needs. Tomorrow is the anniversary of January 6th. Donald Trump was going to have a press conference in uh, at Mar-a-Lago to discuss January 6th. Here's what I would advise him. If he said, hey Clay, what should I do for January 6th? I would get on a plane. I would fly to Chicago. I would have a press conference in Chicago and I would demand that every single teacher go back to school and teach, right? This remote learning crap has been a disaster for our kids. And I just hit you with the numbers. The vast majority of the kids that are being most impacted by teachers' unions refusing to do their jobs are poor minority kids. Oftentimes, their families have to take off work in order to watch them. They've got no Wi-Fi reliable at home. They may not have a laptop or any ability to learn remotely from school. And so I believe this is one of the fundamental issues of our day. And look at me closely. Every single kid in America who is a public school kid or a private school kid for that matter should be in person in school right now. The data is transparent and clear. Kids are not in danger from COVID. Teachers are not in danger of catching COVID from their kids, okay? This is a failure of utter enormity that we have allowed to occur in the United States. I've been arguing that every kid needs to be in school, correctly by the way, based on the data since all the way back in June, June of 2020. We're coming up on two years now since COVID initially arrived in the United States and we are still not allowing kids to be instructed in person And the kids who are bearing the brunt of these costs are overwhelmingly poor minority kids. Now look, I was a public school kid. I went to public school, K-12, through Nashville, Metro, Davidson County schools, okay? My kids have all gone to public school. I have two kids in public school right now, which by the way, started today in my home area of Williamson County, Tennessee. The fact that Democrats and their allies in the teachers' unions have allowed schools to ever close and to remain closed is a travesty, all right? And where is Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci can do media on every single issue under the sun. How come he isn't out there talking about how important it is for these 300,000 kids to be in Chicago public schools? So I would say of Donald Trump or any other national Republican figure, by the way, it could be a Democrat, although none of them seem willing to actually say it, I would go to Chicago when the Democrats are having their ridiculous uh, 
uh, sham, totally, totally uh, political anniversary of January 6th, I would say, look, they can talk about January 6th. I'm focused on the future. Every kid in America should be attending school in person. It's a disgrace that it's not happening. I think it would be incredible counter-programming if on January 6th, the day, the day when they are trying to argue about something that happened a year ago, you had Republicans forward-thinking, arguing on the right side of history that every kid needs to be in school and they need to be in school right now and it's Joe Biden's responsibility to make sure that that happens and stand up to the teachers' unions that are not allowing it to happen. I think it would be incredibly compelling to be able to see that happen. Uh, A couple of other stories. Uh, Howard Stern is mad at Oprah because she had a holiday party. I... I'm still relatively young in the grand scheme of things. I'm only 42 years old. But I got to tell you this. I hope that I don't do radio long enough that I end up being an absolute shell of the person that I used to be. Howard Stern was a rebellious, iconoclastic voice for sanity in an often insane world. And now he has, in his old age, become a loser corona bro running around scared to death of COVID and criticizing anyone who is trying to live their life. And I just think it is a pathetic transformation for what used to be a rebellious voice in media. Howard Stern from the 90s wouldn't even recognize Howard Stern in the 2020s and it's not a positive progression. I'm a little bit of a different person now than I was when I was 25. 17 years since I graduated from school. I've got three kids. I've founded a few companies. I've lived a little. I've got more wisdom and experience now than I did then. But I still believe at its essence in creative freedom in the First Amendment and also, by the way, in boobs. I can't believe that Howard Stern has allowed himself to become such a shrieking, left-wing, just filled with boredom and fear and lack of basic understanding of data. It's an embarrassment. It's a shame. Howard Stern doesn't matter anymore because he's become a shell of the person that he used to be and his show is actually trash now. I hope I don't do it long enough. I'm one of the biggest names in radio now. May be able to do it for decades if I want to, but I hope I don't go as long as Stern where I end up standing against everything that I used to support and become a total and abject failure, fearful loser in the process because that's what Howard Stern is now. Um, Finally, speaking of losers, Patton Oswalt, comedian, uh, he put up a picture of himself with Dave Chappelle and people on his Twitter feed were angry, furious, disgusted that he would dare to share a photo of himself with Dave Chappelle because of the transgender controversies associated with Dave Chappelle's latest comedy special. And so you know what Patton Oswalt did? He apologized. The idea that you would ever apologize for something that one of your friends says or believes in an effort to quell an online mob filled with cancel culture lunatics 
is a sign that, frankly, you don't deserve to have an audience yourself. If you will turn your back on your friend, who, by the way, did absolutely nothing wrong and who you claim has been your friend for 30 years, then why should I trust your opinion on anything? Patton Oswalt should be ashamed of himself. If you won't stand with your friends against the online mob of people that you don't even know, shame on you. That is absolutely pathetic of you. If choice, if ever given the choice between standing with a longtime friend or with a mob of people I don't know, if I ever stand with the mob, you should be ashamed of me too, just like I am today ashamed of Patton Oswalt. I feel bad for him because I can't imagine becoming such a pussy willow that you would turn your back on your own friend over people being upset that you posted a photo with him. Shame on you, Patton Oswalt. I'm Team Chappelle. I love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I believe I hit all of our different stories. I will see you tomorrow. In the meantime, encourage you to download the uh, podcast, Clay and Buck. Good stuff today. As always, we'll be back with you tomorrow. This has been Outkick, the show. Welcome back, Derek Henry.